Hi, you're listening to Mystically Inclined with Fiona and Mo. A podcast featuring conversations that explore what it means to live in alignment. From the practical to the mystical, we're here to challenge our beliefs, learn from each other, and grow together. And have fun. And have fun. (laughs) Okay, on today's episode, oh, we are so excited about this one. We talked to Amy Ruth. She is a human design expert, but she applies it in such a cool way that is so practical and helpful because she really looks at the relationships between parents and kids and how kids' energy functions in the world. Yeah. Yeah. She was so, so cool to talk to. She had a a very like calming kind of energy too. I really um, found the conversation to be so easy flowing, Um, but Mm -hmm. yeah, you'll definitely enjoy this one. Yeah. Good sense of humor and just like helpful tips of how to think about your kids and what they need and what they are doing and how to, you know, help them live their best lives. That's right. Speaking of kids, we got one in the background today. So does Devin want to say? Devin, you want to say, we hope you enjoy Amy Ruth. I hope you enjoy Amy (laughs) There we go. Good job. Gonna be too dark there. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's I'm okay. Here. We don't use the video. It's just for us. We only use the audio, so you can look however you want. Good. I should have just stayed in my jammies then. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. If you want to go change back into your jammies, <laughs> that's okay. So I'm Maureen. I'm Fiona. Hi. Hey. Hi. Nice to meet you. We're so excited to have you on. Where are you guys? We are in Connecticut in the States. Yeah. East coast. East coast. Like in between New York and Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And where are you? Um, I'm currently in Darwin. So in the Northern Territory, top of Australia. Mm, So cool. You're our furthest away guest we've talked to. It's very exciting. Oh, wow. (laughs) So are you just heading into summertime? Yeah, so up here we really only have the wet and the dry. So mm. it's just hot, constantly hot. And at the moment we're heading into the wet. So it's like the build up's happening, it's muggy, it's ugh, it's yucky. Yeah. Uh once once the rain starts, it rains, but it's still hot. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, but we're about thirty seven degrees every day. Oh wow. So it's uh, hot, yeah. Yeah, but we've only been here for a little bit. Like we've been traveling for two years. So yeah, I don't know how much you guys know. I've been following. So I fill Maureen in because it's very interesting. And I love yeah, I'm yeah. So, I'm so interested in your whole story. Cause that's that's my goal. I want to be like a little nomad. <laughs> yeah, we um my my son just decided that he didn't want to live in the house anymore. So we went with his initiation and hit the road. Um, yeah, and so we spent two years, it's coming up to two years now, um, just traveling Australia and seeing the sights and parking up places and moving on. And yeah, really interesting turn of events. We land here in Darwin, you know, fourth line network stuff. My my partner's one of his mates rings him and says, Hey, I've got the perfect role for you. All I need you to do is talk to people. And I'm like, well, you've been, you know, you've been training for that for the last two years. So 
yeah, he's now on a three-month contract. So we, this is the first time in two years we've been still. Um, oh, wow. It was really strange. That's mm. so cool. Okay, tell us about everybody's design. So you're a projector, correct? Yeah, 4-6 splenic projector. Um, my other half is a 4-6 sacral generator. Mm-hmm. So we've got a projector and a generator. Um, we have an emotional manifester, son, mm-hmm. who is a manifester by the channel of transitoriness. So one of them crazy manifester channels. And we have a 2-4 splenic projector baby boy. He's two. So Jed is the manifester mm-hmm. um, and he's five. And Geordie is the baby projector. I love that. So I'm yeah. a sacral generator, a 6-2 sacral generator. Maureen's a 2-4 sacral manifesting generator. And we only have non-sacral babies. There's four babies between the two of us, and they're all non-sacral. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, you see it heaps, hey? Like, it's just – and then like, I do sessions with parents, and they're just like, I do not understand this kid. I'm like, yeah, because you're worlds away. We're so worlds away. How old are you, Fiona, if you don't mind me asking? Sure. I'm 36. I just turned 36. Yeah. Yeah. So in that roof phase, heading to the roof. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because my boys are a little bit older. They're 14 and 13. So I have a, a emotional, 5'1 emotional projector is my oldest. He's 14. A 1-3 splenic manifester is my 13-year-old. Yeah. And then I have a daughter who is a a 1-4 projector. Yeah. The whole so I didn't find human design until, you know, probably about six, six years ago or so, six or seven years ago. Um, so it just all made sense once I found it, because I knew like, you know, I would always tease Dean, my manifestor, I'd be like, he just does what he wants. Like, I don't, there, there's no sense the, the it's never worth the fight. <laughs> if he wants to yeah. climb something, it's just let him climb. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Maureen? What are your children? Um, so I have one daughter. She is 13 years old and she is, uh, she's a two, six projector, six, right? Two. Six, yeah, two six, projector. Two yeah. Yep. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lots of spleens. Lots of so much spleens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You don't see that often. Usually it's, you know, other emotional projectors usually, but yeah. or emotional manifestors, but yeah, a lot of splenic action. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. When you decided to start moving around, your son was three and he just felt like he didn't want to live in that house anymore. And you you guys followed that guidance. Yeah, I know. It sounds it sounds cuckoo, <laughs> doesn't it? Some people are like, you guys, you guys, you guys are a little bit troppo or what? Um, yeah, so we had human design really early which, um, you know, I'm so, every time I think about that, I just think how bloody lucky am I to have had that so early? Um, And so we know he's emotional. So when he initiates something, manifests something, we don't just drop everything and do what he says. Okay, Um, We've really (laughs) got to wait for that wave. Mm -hmm. Uh, What actually happened was we went on an eight-week holiday as a Mm -hmm. family. We took some time off. We went on an eight-week holiday. Funnily enough, from the bottom of Australia up to where we are now, so up to Darwin and then back down. It's called going up the guts. <laughs> That's what we call it here in Australia. So we did an eight-week That's holiday. Um, when we when we got home, he was three and he he said, Mommy, I want to live in the caravan. I don't want to live in the house. I don't want to live in the house anymore. 
And um, my partner was like, yeah, I want to do it too. Like we should do the lap sort of thing. From from Jed's initiation, Jono had like this sacral response and was like, yes, let's go. And he's sort of like, can't do it without you, mum. So are you in? And I'm like, oh, there's the invite. I'm like, no. Um, and so what we did was we ended up getting a map of Australia and putting it on Jed's wall so that he could like so that he could ride that wave. I wasn't just going to sell up everything. You know, this was our dream home. We'd worked decades to to buy this place. We're talking like wow. five five bedroom, two bathroom, pool, acreage. The, the home that everyone goes, yeah, you've made it, you know. Yeah. In and in mind. Australia, that's not cheap. Australia is not a cheap place to live. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, yeah, so we let it go and, and it became – it wasn't a high anymore. It became very much like, Mum, when we when we go around Australia, like Mum, when we when we live in the van, blah blah blah, he would just talk like that. And it became this thing that just happened. It just we literally just surrendered to it and it just happened. The house went on the market, it sold that day. Um wow. you know, we sold our cars and the right car was just there waiting, you know. It was just so easy. It was so easeful. And at that time, I don't, know, I don't know if you know much about the transits or the program or what the planets do and how our manifestors move through the program. Mm-hmm. Um, the program was the 2034, so a lot of MG energy, busy, busy energy in the program. And it was kind of like the timing of it couldn't be denied. The program was delivering that MG energy. His initiation was move, we're, move, we're doing it now sort of thing, and then the house just sold and we hit the road. And that was that. And then it was kind of like, What? Like what? Just, what did we just do? What just happened? Yeah, I love that. So fun! Like just the and watching the energetics at play, and like because now you're you said you're a four six. Yeah. So you're on the roof. Are you on the roof now, or not quite yet? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. on the roof. Yeah, yeah, that's lovely to hear. No, um, <laughs> on the roof. <laughs> on the roof. My partner's on the roof as well. Yeah, which is really interesting. And they're all shores people. Mm. So, you know, caravanning around on the road. Uh, yeah. It's really interesting how Jed's initiation seemed to put us all in the correct environment as well. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those emotionals, like I find with my son, who's an emotional, he just kind of like knows what people need, you know, mm. without even like being aware of it. He just kind of like gets it. It's interesting. Yeah, there's such depth. It's just, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's just such depth to the solar plexus that, um, you know, those of us that have it undefined or open, you know, we're we're here to be wise about that and have emotional intelligence and emotional wisdom. But those that that are carrying the solar plexus definition, there is such depth to them that is just incredible to be a part of. Yeah. Before yeah. I had even the language of, you know, human design and and knowing that Landon was a defined emotional being, like I, I literally, he was like two and I'd be like, oh, I know what phase the moon is in by how he would say good morning. You know, like, yeah, I just be like, oh, <laughs> buckle up, everybody. We're staying home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just been so interesting to watch him grow and watch him learn how to really use that energy. You know, how do you differentiate? Like, I don't know, say it's bedtime at your house and your manifestor son is like, I have a better idea. No bedtime. Cause that's like what every kid would always say. <laughs> how do you differentiate yeah. when you're like, yes, we're going to follow your inspired energy versus 
telling him no on things. Yeah, it's interesting. Some days, yeah, some days we do have that. Some days he's really quiet. You, I sort of catch catch him on the catch him on the low, you know, catch mm. him on the on the rest. So you know, just say at seven thirty, he's like, "Mom, I've got this." He loves to draw. "Mom, I've got this idea. I've got to draw it now." Like you know, and the texters are out and it's chaos. After that drawing, I know he's going into a creative low. That's a rest period coming, and I'll catch him on that on mm. the end of that. He'll stop talking. Manifestors just stop with the throw energy when they're heading into that rest. Um, the minute he stops talking and I really can't sort of get any energy out of that throat, it's like, right, let's brush our teeth, let's mm. put our pyjamas on and ease him into it that way. He, um, The best thing, like, I think, you know, we still have to chaperone these children. They don't just get to run wild. Right. <laughs> Manifestors still have <laughs> They still have to learn to be polite. They still, you know, the the biggest teaching for the manifested child is teach them politeness, teach them to inform because it's going to save their lives. And so, yeah, with him, we put these boundaries in place, but he doesn't know they're there and he manifests and operates within them, but doesn't realize that we've actually got a boundary there. It's quite sneaky, to be honest, but because he's only five, that's how we're dealing with it. Um, I don't know if that's right or not, but it'll sort of be like, you know, you can choose your bedtime, mate, if you want to. You can choose your bedtime. And he'll go, all right, well, mum, I really want to go to bed at 7.30. And I'll say, how about 8 o'clock? And he'll say, yeah. So, all right. So he thinks he's got this. Yeah, like I've got this next thing up on mum sort of thing. Uh, we've also got a Google Home, like a Google Nest, which is great for a manifested child because they're so independent. He can say, hey, Google, what's the time? And she will tell him and and whatever. So he he just seems to do his own, he just seems to do his own routine. He's picked his bedtime, so he's manifested that. He's happy with that. You know, he can get Google to tell him the time and then he just seems to start. But in saying that, there is times where he's nah, not tired, not going to sleep. But I've got to say, he isn't active. He's very active. Um, mm. And so nine times out of 10, he's crashed out by by eight o'clock. It's the splenic, um, it's the projector, the one that is amplifying everyone, mm. always amplifying the sacral. It's him that is the, the bedtime struggle. <laughs> okay. Um, because he's always jacked up on sacral energy. Yeah. And, you know, to, to have him sort of like have to separate him from my partner, especially, yeah. Um, he's like, don't go near the baby. Just get away from him. Um, we just have all get, said that. Away from him. <laughs> we have both said that. Get away. Yeah. yeah. When my daughter was little and she's a projector, my boyfriend's a generator in. So he would come over and she'd be like, Adam's my caffeine. And like, that's a yeah. good way to articulate this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. It feels so like a, a really healthy sacral that is quite satisfied with what they're doing. If they feel good, it feels like, yeah, I want to be here. I want to be around this person. Mm. Um, and I notice that a lot with my baby projector and my partner. He just he's he just loves him. He just wants to be with him. And mm. I know why, because of that, that beautiful sacral energy. So yeah, he's the trouble at bedtime. We really got to wind him down. He's his routine starts so much earlier. Jed's kind of like, mm. yeah, our bedtime out. But Geordie, yeah, he's the, he'll be bouncing off the walls and we're, we're all like, uh, we're ready for bed, <laughs> Jords. Come on. 
<laughs> yeah, my daughter's like that too. Like I have to start her her routine, her wind down time. And it's like she's got to be solo for a bit. And then I can like quietly be like, okay, we're going to transition this, like whatever. Um, she's not one to like go from playing to hit the bed. It's just not going to yeah. happen. But my older projector, and I wonder if it's the emotional the emotional um, definition, because he's always been like, he's the kid who like by eight o'clock, even now, even as a teenager, eight, nine o'clock, he's like, oh, you're going out to dinner? No, no, no. You can bring me, <laughs> cook me something and I'll wait for you to come back. Like, <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Because he's like, I got to go to bed. He does not like to stay up late. And even like sometimes, you know, yeah. the kids will do sleepovers and he's like, no, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. I'll, I'll I wonder what channel. If it's the, yeah, I wonder what, what channel is it that he's emotionally defined by, do you know? Really quick. Yeah. It's, I know it's like the buildup wave, I think. Yeah. The solar plexus is so funny. It's so funny. Trust the projector to ask a question. Hey? I know. He has the um, 1949. Yeah. Right. So what does that gate mean? Uh, that one is, it's, it's kind of like set in his ways, set in principles, set in like, yeah, it's really quite tribal. It's very much. You know, I don't want to. I was like, I don't want to say it, but Ra called this one the butcher, the sacrifice, the sacrifice. You know, the sacri- the the one that will um, be like, no, this is what we've always done. This is how we do yes. it. This is the sacrifice. Yeah, you know, that's Absolutely. that sort of Even energy. Like with vacations, he's like, he doesn't want to go anywhere new. He's like, but we always go to this place. I'm like, how boring. <laughs> <laughs> they don't ever like. It's so funny. I always, I always say this. Like, I can never surprise him with an activity i could surprise him with a gift but he they need to pick both of them are actually like this and i don't know if i always thought it was kind of their one line was like they would get so anxious for something new and it would like it would trigger an emotional reaction you know i'd be like oh we're gonna go rock climbing today and they're like what no we don't do that that's not a thing we do and it would like be this huge fight and i'm like oh my god why do we even bother Yeah. Yeah. It's probably like this combination of like, yeah, the solar plexus, we have no surprises, no surprises for Jed. It's really much like keep him in the loop, keep him informed. He needs his time. But those one line kids too, they, they need like preparation. They're the kids that are like, wait, where are we going for dinner? I need to Google the menu and get all the, what's like, (laughs) I got to research this before I go out. It's just, they just feel so much safer and secure. The best thing about the one line kids is that, um, you know, once they build that foundation of knowledge, they become the authority. They become the expert in that, whatever they're building that knowledge in, they yeah. then become the expert. Um, and that's the fun part to watch with oh, yeah, the one line really kids. Fun. Yeah. All three of my yeah. kids have a one line, which is like so weird. I'm just like, okay. Cause I'm like, I don't care. I'm just like, yeah, I'll go wherever. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> They're like, Mom, wait, is it safe? And I'm like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't think they, I, I think that makes them feel a little like uneasy sometimes. My, I'm a little too go with the flow with them for them sometimes, I think. Yeah, a little bit really? too trial and error. Yeah. But that's what it's there for. Yeah. That's why we have this mix. <laughs> I know, it's fun. We learn from each other. How is it going with your son in school now? Has it been tricky to adjust to this like regimented system? Yeah, so he's been in school for four days. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Jed, Jed is transitoriness, the 35, 36, so experiential way, abstract being. This is his only channel. So we're talking about this wide open 
chart and the only consistent energy he has is for experience and crisis, right? Mm. So this is how we live our lives with Jed. So, yeah, he initiated, Mom, I want to try out school. I've got that sinking feeling of like, oh, no, this is, you know, (laughs) here we go. And so I said, yeah, mate, look, again, we wait the wave, made him wait three weeks it was Um, because I'm like, I am not enrolling. I'm not getting lunch boxes. I'm not doing all that if I don't have to. Um, Proper projector energy. Hey, like I'm not wasting that energy on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yet he wanted to go. And so up here, it's the end of the school year. So it's term four. It was really hard to find somewhere where he could go that wasn't full. So one of the ones, one of the schools that we are zoned to is a mainstream school. And that sort of like broke broke my heart in as it was because I'm not you know he's just not a mainstream kid not and not the fact that he's a you know yeah he's a manifester but also this is a child that's been on the road for two years that's just been mm-hmm. fishing and snorkeling and lighting fires and so you much know independence weeing on trees sort of thing <laughs> um <laughs> doing a bush wee what he calls a bush wee anyway uh he yeah he went the first day loved it was like this is amazing you know kids everywhere there's lunch there's a thing called lunchtime and there's scooters to ride and yeah cool second day you could see him going low like yeah right yeah yeah because I think he he'd started to be reprimanded for a few things then like Jed you need to put your hand up to speak Jed you can't just be in other people's personal space and Jed you have to sit still and listen and by the third day not going hate it not going mum proper low um, luckily that was, that was Friday. So we had Sunday, Sunday off, <laughs> started the Monday morning on the low, you know, not going, I hate it. By the time school started, he was kind of like, yeah, right. I'll give it another go. So he went, um, but it's very much, it's just an experience for him. It's just an experience, just an adventure. And he's riding his wave and having a crisis about it. And it's just so interesting to watch. I just watch it play out like, you know. <laughs> Um, there is a few things at the school that I don't agree with. I don't, I, you know, if there's somebody that's going to fight this, the system or say something against the system, that's me and my design. I've got channel of judgment, channel of struggle. It's like sometimes it's really hard for me. Like just hold your thoughts, Amy. Don't say them out of your mouth. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there are a few things they're doing at the school that I'm just like I don't agree with because it's just homogenization, right? There's just, mm. you just, you know, fitting these kids into a mould. But also um, it's been a good experience for him. The The Steiner School, which, you know, is re- he's really more suited to, isn't accepting new students until 2024. Mm-hmm. So we took him there yesterday because he also has an open G centre. Um, and so it's really important with those kids that we take into sample spaces. And so we took him yesterday to sample the space at the Steiner School and just get in his body how it feels so he can start writing his wave about that because, yeah, if, if school's still a thing and we're still around in January, then I'll move him to the to the Steiner School. He's just, there's there's a little bit more freedom. Like he he says to me, Mum, I asked him, what is it about the classroom? He said, I feel trapped. Mm. I feel trapped in there, you know, and I can understand that. I can I can completely understand that. Whereas at the Steiner, you know, he can he can sit on the floor if he wants to. He can take his shoes off if he wants to. He can they've all got a um like a lamb's wall. He can lay down on that if he wants to have a rest um mm-hmm. after he does something big and creative. So it's just much more suited. He's also right brain, right mind, which is worlds away, just worlds away from the left way that school's set up set up. So 
Yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's just fun to watch. It's just, for me, it's just all part of a movie and I'm just watching the scenes play out and it's just entertaining. Like it's, <laughs> some people might think that's a bit of an aloof way to look at life. Like I still get down in the muck of the humanness and all the stuff, but yeah, sometimes it's just a, it's just another scene in the movie and it's, it's just fun to watch play out. Yeah. Sounds like a good perspective to have on it. Yeah. And it's interesting to see like how everybody, you know, some kids do like my son who's a manifester never really had trouble with school. He always had teachers that allowed him a bit more independence, I think, which was super helpful, but he's also left brain, left mind. So he does great with the structure. He does great like in that tradition, more traditional learning setting. Whereas my, my older one, who's a projector, um, he is left brain, right mind. And so, um, so, and he, you know, with the emotional, like, I remember he was probably in like first or second grade and, the, you know, we'd go for our parent teacher conference and they were like, does he have, um, a bathroom problem? And I was like, a bathroom problem. What do you mean? And they're like, well, he just asked to go to the bathroom so often. And so I talked to him about it. He's like, mom, I just got to walk around sometimes. Like I can't just sit there all day. And I realized like he just needed to clear his energy from whatever was happening, whatever lesson or whoever he was around. So by the time, like, you know, we got past second grade, when they'd sit me down, I would just let them know, hey, listen, he's going to use the bathroom a lot. If it's during yeah. a lesson, like you could say, no, just have him wait, but he needs to walk around. Like he needs to go. <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. yeah. What's his determination? Uh, like digestion. Yeah, call hot thirst. Hot thirst. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. They do have a thirst. Mm -hmm. They got a thirst for knowledge, thirst for learning. But I can yeah. understand that being a projector. You know, yeah. guarantee like out of every ten kids, seven of them are sacral. Yeah. And just sit, yeah. sitting in that all day. All day. And then yeah. he also would just be like, mom, this stuff is a waste of my time. He's like, school's a waste of my time. They're literally only teaching me how to be stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I agree with you, but I don't know. You're going to need to know that when you're older. <laughs> He's like, all this stuff, waste, you know? And I was just like, yeah, I know. Uh, this is just projector efficiency, hey? It's just like, this totally. is a waste of time. This is, yes. We could do it this way. We could yes. get it done in two hours. Like. Yeah, it's so funny. And so now he goes to a private high school and it's a lot more independent. So it's a lot more like college vibe where they can walk around campus or they can, you know, it's only 10 kids per class kind of thing. So it, I've noticed he just is like doing so well in that kind of environment, you know, just thriving yeah. there. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. You see it a lot with the kids. Um, that's why I asked about his determination. You see it a lot with the kids that have nervous touch. They can't mm. sit still. They've mm -hmm. got to move. They get to digest, to digest life, yeah. information, food, to digest anything. They have to move. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you see them like, yeah, they've got to get up. They've got to, they're the, they're the fidgeters. Yeah. <laughs> that's why yeah. I was asking. Yeah. That's so funny. It's so true. I know we'll be interested in my daughter's three and she's right brain, right mind. So I'd be, I'll be interested to see, like, we haven't yet put her in school cause she just, I'm like, there's just no need. And I'm kind of with you with the homogenization. So it'll be cool, but she's also a four line. So sometimes I feel like she would like a classroom kind of setting cause of the friends and she likes the teacher. I, she likes yeah. the idea of the teacher. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. You know, the fourth line, they love a. Jed's a fourth line too. So we've got the, you know, he, he, that's what he loves about school, lunchtime, the friends, the mm -hmm. kids, 
the principal, he loves the principal, goes in, <laughs> takes himself from the classroom, goes to sit with the principal to tell her about his day. You know, she loves it. Um, but, yeah, they really don't do well with authority. They do well with a confidant, a, like a trusted yeah. confidant. And the minute that confidant breaks their trust, they will abdicate from them. So it's yeah. literally like fourth line's very, you know, we're very like, yeah, broke my trust. I am never spilling the tea with you again. And that's what a fourth line child is like too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like, you know, sometimes Jed will say something to me and then he'll say, don't tell dad, say, won't tell him, you know, because then he won't come to me again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll tell dad like afterwards when he's not listening, I'll be like, oh, this has happened, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know about it sort of thing <laughs> because we're fourth lines as well, John and I, so it's like the tea so is gone, get it. <laughs> but also don't tell him. Um, yeah, but it's interesting, yeah, because they go they go for the friendships, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, and the influence. They're born to influence um, these fourth line kids. Yeah, and it's almost like the minute there's no opportunity to influence, that's, and then it's like, see you later. <laughs> How fun. That's interesting. Yeah. Maureen's a four line too. Yeah. Yeah, that right. yeah, yeah. In your body though. Hey, in your body. Was that right? You're two four? Two, two four. four, yeah. 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 So your four lines in your ve- like in your form. Your body will abdicate. Whereas my mind will do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what is that? How does that look and how does that play out? Like I would feel like I yes. wanted to move away from someone? Yeah, yeah, there's kind of like that, um, you know, the two fours, the great contrast because you've got the hermit, the the one that's like, yeah, just leave me be, just let me do my thing. I'm happy here pottering around by myself. And then you get pulled out, you know, pulled out, come on, come out for coffee, come and do these things. And then you go out into society um, and share, you know, your natural talents. Twos are really natural, really natural skill. You don't even know what it is that you're natural at. You're like, yeah, I don't know. But you, there is, there is something you'd be like just a natural at. And then, yeah, you're sort of pulled out into the collective, into society, and you do the networking and you do the influencing and all of the, all of the stuff, but then your body goes enough and you just, mm-hmm. you're the one that's kind of like ghosting their way back to the car and yeah, <laughs> back, to the, back to Hermitsville where it's like just, close the curtains let me do my thing in here yeah yeah it's funny when we go shopping and stuff sometimes my daughter will look at me and be like oh you're done with this huh I'm like yep we gotta check out we gotta get out of here <laughs> yeah they get a look on their face they're, they're like oh i'm like <laughs> she's like okay i got you well, i'll finish up I'll pick out what i'm getting so cute. yeah i love it yeah it's so fun to see it play out in real life that's my favorite my absolute favorite thing about human design i think more so even than i love astrology too but human design because it's the energetics like when you see it play out in real life and you can point it and be like oh that's what's happening right now that is my most favorite part me too i think that's why you know we call it it's the mechanics of the maya mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah you you really can see if you look at it that way you can really see the mechanics playing out and one thing I like always remind myself and I've always you know remind Jono and my children too is drop the story see the mechanics drop the story whatever the mind's saying drop the story what's the actual mechanics here you know what's actually happening because you know we we see like the two four child in a really raw form as a as a baby projector and he will just abdicate himself so he'll be playing with a group of kids and the next minute he's inside on the bed watching tv mm-hmm. and i'll say to him you had enough george yeah yeah just moves and then you know it might upset some child like 
you know, he didn't want to play with me or whatever, or he doesn't like me. And it's like, drop the story, just see the mechanics. Yeah. It's just the form moving them away. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's the mechanics of the mire and to watch it play out. I think it's, I think we learn so quickly with kids mm. rather yeah. than just like reading textbooks, taking in lectures, listening to Ra's voice. That's all well and good. But when you're actually seeing it play out, it's like, whoa. It's so true. I remember mostly. I remember my manifester kid because it was so, they're just so different in their energetics. Like I remember him, like we would go to a family member's house and there'd be all these kids playing and he just would be sitting on my lap and stone faced, you know, like not cracking a smile, just staring at everyone. And my, I remember my sister-in-law's being like, he's not that nice. I'm like, no, he's nice. He just, he's got to warm up. Like he just, he's not the kid that just will jump in with a group, even though you could tell him, oh, these are your family members, whatever. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> I'll play when I'm yeah. getting ready. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, it's so interesting. They're so impactful too, the manifest. Like they're like these little rogue agents in the world that are just so unpredictable. And, you know, when you've got something that's impactful and unpredictable, that's polarizing for people, you know, yeah. like it really, it really is that energy. And that's why the, those that don't know their manifestors and the children that are being raised, not as manifestors are just kept a lid on because one, it keeps them safe. I can understand, you know, yeah. it keeps them safe. It keeps them, at least I can sort of somehow predict what you're going to do in this situation. When you take the lid off a manifestor child, um, and allow their process, it can get very quickly quite scary and unpredictable. So I can see. Yeah. yeah I had to install like all sorts of locks. <laughs> I was, I was wow. scared he was just going to escape. Yeah. He would, because like Landon was older, but when Dean came along, like Landon's so cautious and he's like, oh, he's still like that. He's like, oh, mom, are you watching Devin? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I am. She's a baby. Of course I'm watching her. But when Dean came around, all of a sudden they were getting into, you know, Landon never climbed a thing until Dean came around and Dean would have him get on all fours and Dean would climb him to get on top of the refrigerator or I'd find them in the kitchen sink or I'd, you know, like just the craziest yeah. shit where I'm like, this shouldn't be possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was just, you know, one time my ex-husband had like this, it's called a bobcat. It's like a, a small front end loader thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Dean's like walking around and he's eyeing it and he's like, oh, this thing's pretty cool. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. Um, So uh, where are the keys? And I looked at my ex and I was like, you better take those keys with you to work. <laughs> next thing yeah. you know, he'll be driving down the street. Like he's just so, he's wild. Yeah. I mean, he's a lot more yeah. like, we like you said, we put some boundaries in place and like gave him the freedom within those boundaries, which is helpful. Like he needs to at least be under the assumption that he's the one in charge. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. And as they get older, I feel like, you know, you can give more and more independence as they get older. Yeah. I also have a 14 year old um, emotional manifest and nephew, mm. you know, and he's got a lot more freedom and he's, you know, he's, he's quiet, but, but when, you know, when they're five or three, four, yeah. they're just unsafe. Some <laughs> things are just like, I lose Jed weekly for at least an hour. I've lost him. And I'm ringing Jono saying I've lost him. <laughs> You know, last time I lost him, he was, we were in the caravan park and he'd gone up to the office to ask them when the mangoes were going to come on the trees, you know, just <laughs> took himself and I'm like, lost this kid. 
They rang me and said, your child's here. He's asking about when the mangoes are going to be, you know, sprouting. Okay, I'll come and get him. Not the most logical place you'd check. Yeah. I'm wondering, so I think, you know, in an ideal world, we would all follow our energy and our urges and stuff. And um, one thing that we, Fiona and I have talked about a little bit is like, you know, with our kids, when it comes to having them do chores or have responsibilities and you want to impose that structure, what's a way to do it? Like, especially for a projector, you know, they're supposed to, my daughter says she needs rest. I try to, you know, honor that and give her a break, but like, I also need her to clean her room. So do you have any suggestions on how to navigate that? Yeah. My, you know, (laughs) it's like, Hmm. I'm a, I'm a stickler for source material and, and raw human design, but I'm also like a mother, a parent who's got to, we got to, <laughs> right. you know, there, you know, there's conditioning. We are conditioning our children and we're conditioning them to brush their teeth. We're right. conditioning them to wipe their bums when they go to the right. toilet. We condition them how to tie their shoelaces. Like yeah. not all conditioning is bad conditioning. We, we hear the word conditioning and we think, oh. But we're also, yeah, teaching these kids, chaperoning these kids of how to function in society and how to take care of themselves tribally. A lot of that's tribal stuff that we're talking mm-hmm. about now. But, um, you know, I always think, I always go by the rule of honour the design um, and then if you've got to go against it or we got to force action, so push somebody against their authority, um, acknowledge that you're doing that. Mm-hmm. That's how I sort of go with it. So it's not like... So it's not like no one hears me, no one listens to me. So, so you know, for a projector, you would invite them to clean their room. Hey, you know, do you think it might be time that you cleaned your room? Um, you know, you're really good. Give them recognition. You're really good at cleaning your room. You're so efficient at it. You put everything back where it's supposed to be. You know, give that recognition, blah, blah, blah. Do you think it might be time to clean it up or would you like to clean that room up now? Um, no. Nah. No, nah, I'll do it later. Of course they're gonna say that, you know. Right. Um and then I was what, like, what yeah, she'll never accept is... that invitation. <laughs> no, nah, no, that's right. That's right. Um, but then then what happens is you then become the training ground for the not self, for for her not self strategy, which is bitterness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have to become, I think as parents, we have to become the training ground for mm-hmm. bitterness or frustration or anger because they've got to learn how to deal with it and know that it's a signpost. Um, and have strategies to deal with that sort of stuff. So yeah, she's going to get bitter. She's going to be forced against her her design, and she's going to get bitter with ab- about it. But then it's also how does she then deal with that bitterness? Yeah, you know what strategies does she then put in place so she doesn't have to clean it as often? She might become way more efficient and create a system where she doesn't have to clean it as often, or something like that. But that's the general rule of thumb I go with. It's like acknowledge, you know, go with the design. In, you know, invite the child with the manifesto, inform them um, with with the generator child, give them a yes, no, or something to respond to. And then when you've got a force action, acknowledge that that's what you're doing. I know, mm-hmm. I can see that you're frustrated. I can see that you are bitter right now, but mm-hmm. this is what we're doing. And this right. is why, yeah. Then they at least still feel seen. <laughs> yeah, it's just that acknowledgement of like, yeah, yeah, your body's, we're forcing you against it right now. But unfortunately, you know, we've had this just little things like, you know, with a child when you have to leave the playground because it's six o'clock at night and it's getting dark and they don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, I can see you're frustrated, but unfortunately we have to go. This is what's happening. Right. It happens a lot. 
I love that advice because it's like twofold. It's like also just honoring that they're having an emotional feeling and that they're not like when we were kids, it was like, you do what you're told, you don't ask why and it's whatever, you know? So you would have those feelings of frustration or bitterness or anger or whatever, and they were never validated. They were just like suppressed. Um, so I love that you're like, no, acknowledge that they're feeling how they're feeling, but then they still have their responsibility. Like we're all still going to have responsibility in life. So I think that's a beautiful way to go about that. Yeah. And I think it too, like as they get older, it's, it teaches them that signpost to know for other life decisions, you know, for yeah. other things that are going on, tapping into their own inner authority, noticing bitterness, noticing frustration, you know, for a generated child to be brought up to notice frustration as a signpost, whoa, I've got to stop using my energy on this. That's going to save lives. Mm-hmm. Healthy, healthy generators in the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good point. I know because I often feel like, well, I'm doing stuff I don't want to do all the time. Who else? You know, groceries don't get themselves here. So, yeah. Yeah. I say it to Jed all the time. I'm like, you know, mommy doesn't want to change Geordie's nappies either. But <laughs> if I don't, what happens to him? Like, either you have to do it or he walks around with his nappy all day. So here I am in response, changing a nappy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. So true. How did you, um, how did you get into human design? Yeah. So when I say we were quite early, um, so I birthed this child into the world. Um, my partner and I are both non-emotionals. We are not emotional people and we don't make an emotional connection in, in a composite chart either. So, um, him and I are six and three undefined emotional center. So just us pretty cool, pretty cool household, pretty cool. I mean, cool, cool, calm, and then, yeah, we birthed this emotional manifesto. Instantly, you could feel the difference in the household. The The emotional energy in the household was different. The anger levels in the household were different. Um, there's all these emotions, you know, and then diagnosed very early on with postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety. Of course, mm-hmm. all the, you know, yeah. things coming up through my solar plexus. Yeah, and so I was, like, at the time um, also, like, trained psychologist so at the time I was like right, I gotta get some help I know when I need help I need help so I was seeing a psychologist but I was also I've always sat on that fence of do the sciencey you know western stuff and also do the energetics the hippie the healing the woo-woo the intangible I've always done both I've just always been that person um and so in cahoots with seeing the uh psychologist I was always also seeing a kinesiologist to just move mm. any back energy and whatever and it was that my kinesiologist that said to me when did all this start blah 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 obviously when the child was born and then she just said have you ever looked at his design and I was like what you know and then the projector in me went home and just started with his chart and then it just blew out yeah and so he was six months old at the time and it changed, it saved our lives. It changed everything. I could literally just got goosebumps hearing that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was massive. It was huge. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful for the system. Like, you know, I, I don't think it's the be all and end all. I see human design as, as an awareness tool, just, mm-hmm. just to have the awareness. It doesn't fix. It doesn't make parenting easier. It doesn't solve the dilemma. All it does is give you awareness give you a different perspective to look mm-hmm. at something through. And if that then helps your mind think the problem's solved or the dilemma's gone away or whatever, then that's great. That's all you need, right? That's that's the end of suffering. But that's what it is. It's just an awareness tool 
to look at something a different way. And the minute we could look at this baby a different way, the minute I could feel the anger, the, you know, anything, any sort of emotion arising in me, you know, undefined solar plexus, we know our limit. And I could remove myself from him rather than feeling guilty about that because it was like, you know, this is my baby. I need to hold him and be with him all the time, mm-hmm. blah, 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 as a new mom to put him down and walk away was actually the best thing for us to separate aura. Yeah, and just to know that when he was learning to crawl, he was angry because he couldn't do it. When he was learning to walk, he was angry and all of this, like it was fine. But then I'm walking around angry. I'm thinking, why am I angry? Like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it was interesting. Well, it takes it so it's not so personal also. So instead of feeling like I must be doing something wrong, it's like, oh, no, this is what I should do. Put him down, walk away for a second. Now we're good to go. Yeah, and that's really where Drop the Story, See the Mechanics came from. It was like, drop the story, Amy. What's the mechanics here, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, human design also says that manifested children are great on their own in their bedrooms, leave them be. But um, the nuance is that, you know, he's got a he's got an open spleen and I've got a very defined spleen. So for his comfort and well-being, that's what the splenic centre gives us, that where those well-being feelings of I'm a safe, I'm good, he wanted to be on me all the time. Mm. Yeah. And so then it was like getting into the, then I had to get into the nuances of it because I was really surface level going, okay, I've got to manifest a child, emotional authority. I get that. And then I had to get into the nuances of like, okay, what's this connection between mine and his spleen? And why does he have to be with me all the time? And then just dropping the story and seeing the mechanics of that and knowing that my partner's also got a defined spleen. So I can hand him to him and he's going to get the same mechanics, the same feel goods. Um, it doesn't have to be me, like, you know, just all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It really changed. It really changed everything for us. That's really yeah. cool. Can you think of any stories? I know I saw on your website, you've worked with different parents to kind of coach them. Have there been any cool stories of people that have been able to change their approach when they learned more about their design? Yeah, so many. You know, I have a lot of parents come with manifested children and it's usually those. It's usually those stories that just... Mm-hmm you know, warm my heart. Um, one little boy in particular playing up at school big time, you know, um, 10 years old and stealing computers um, and hiding them in the playground so he could go and play them at lunchtime. <laughs> Going to the library, stealing computers and hiding them in big strife every day. You know, and I said, I, I yeah, it was like, ask him what's, why? Ask him what he, what, what is he doing with the computer that he thinks he's not allowed to do? get him to inform somebody. And what he actually really wanted to do was um, play on Canva. It wasn't like YouTube <laughs> Naughty, or game. Yeah. <laughs> he, wanted to, he wanted to create on Canva and in the classroom he wasn't being given enough time. Um, he's also left brain, left mind. He wasn't being given enough time and he didn't like it when they'd stop and change his tasks. So um, he'd, fog, he'd yeah, fog the computers and go on. <laughs> but after... After finding out what actually is it and then having him inform the teacher, so right now this kid's going to go to school, you're going to chaperone him, he's going to inform the teacher of what it is he's doing and why. They set up this big thing for him so that he could have more Canva time and he can create the class schedule for Monday, blah, 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 and just through that, his whole schooling experience has changed. He's not the bad, naughty kid. He just... You know, manifested kids learn very quickly. If I'm going to be told no, I'll manipulate the system and do it anyway, in a way. Um, And so that's why we say we don't unreasonably deny them. Listen to their manifestations. Mm. If it's not unreasonable, then there's no need to deny it. 
sort of thing. Like if it is unreasonable, like, you know, I want to go to the moon, well, we can't do that. But yeah, just little things like that. It's always a lot. It's always seems to be manifester kids. And the other ones that I really enjoy doing are newborn babies, you know, Hmm. straight off the bat, it's like fed to their determination, you know, maximize the brain's potential for differentiation that way. The, The kids just got the most beautiful start to life and a parent that's got this awareness um, they're some of my favorite sessions too. What are some of the things that you look at in newborns that's helpful for parents to know? Yeah. So for newborns, we go straight to determination, straight to how, how's this baby being fed? Okay. Um, And yeah. And how can we, because, you know, the newborn brain is just, just, there's so much development going on and being fed to your determination, feeding the brain correctly uh, is what enables development without having to, I guess, clean out the mark, like clean out the the mush and the muck, it's just its just neurons wiring and firing. So to feed a baby to its determination early on is the best, one of the best starts um, that you can give them. From determination, like that's why it's called determination because it determines the rest. Um, but from digestion or determination, then I would definitely go straight to type and just be noticing the different types in the household mm-hmm. and noticing you know, do we now have an emotional in the household? Do we have an unemotional baby and everyone else in the household's emotional? Do we have a sacral baby and everyone else is non-sacral? Like what's that, what's the real standout difference here that's going to rock the household Um, Mm. and just give awareness to that in the first six weeks, you know, 12 weeks of life, that can change everything. Um, That can change a real journey. And I'm really passionate about that because that was my journey of not knowing and not having that awareness. Yeah, yeah, that seems like that would have been a cool thing to know about. It really, it really is. Yeah. Because oh, we knew it when my daughter was born, you know, three years ago, she's alternating appetite. Mm. So, you know, she did great nursing, but man, she would just bop from side to side to side. I'm like, I'm exhausted. Just pick one. <laughs> like she, yeah. she would, as you would just, you know, need to switch side, like switch breasts so often. It was so funny. And even now how she eats, it's very, you know, she does not mix anything together and she loves to help me cook in the kitchen. So I made like a, a casserole and, you know, she's like, oh yeah, we made this together and it's delicious. I said, oh yeah. And she's like, yeah, can I try some? And I'm like, sure. So I give her like a little spoonful and she takes a bite and she like had a full body, like shiver, like ew. And she was like, mm, it's so good. <laughs> and I'm like, you're never going to eat this kid. <laughs> No, they're so selective, so picky. But like a lactation consultant would tell you, you know, empty one breast before you move to the other. And then so you've already got this thing in your mind of like, oh, something's wrong with my baby, the way my baby's feeding, I'm not doing it right. Just to know, oh, this baby's going to alternate from side to side to side to side, Yeah, you know. And some babies alternate breast and bottle, breast and bottle. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So funny. That's so true. My goddaughter, she's cold thirst. So when, you know, she was born and we peeked at her chart, we were like, try, you know, doing some cold milk and she thrived, you know, she was like, they were having such difficulty with her, um, you know, taking the bottle or whatever, breastfeeding, all of that. And we said, go cold. And they did not look back. You know, she doesn't eat anything hot, even tomatoes, like even foods that are, you know, warming foods or whatever, like she can't even handle a tomato. She just breaks out in a full rash. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that's another thing that's like counter to what the traditional recommendations mm-hmm. are to warm up a right. bottle or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. fascinating. Maureen and I are both indirect, but we've just been eating wrong our whole life. It's yeah. Because the first thing we do with indirect babies is train them to eat during the day and not at night. How long can yeah. you go at night without food? But it's interesting that we're doing this podcast and it's nighttime for you guys and daytime for me. <laughs> yeah. When you do your best work. Because now I've, as I've been learning more about determination, it's not just like what we eat, how we eat, but it's also, you know, anything we're taking in. So it's not a surprise that we're into these subjects that are a little more taboo, a little more, you know, occult, things like that. It's very on brand for us. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same experience with my cold first, my cold first baby too. He mm. You know, put him on the put him on the breast, and he would get a heat rush straight down yeah. the middle of his tummy. So mm. straight on the cold bottles. Mm-hmm. He doesn't eat a cooked meal. He doesn't eat anything above room temperature. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. If we cook a meal, like he'll he'll eat like say a piece of pizza, but it's got to come. We've got to put it in the freezer first, you mm-hmm. know, and get it drop it below room. T- just got to be below room temperature, um, and then he'll have a go at it. But it's not his favorite. He. He's like a, he's really like a raw, uncooked kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's how and then once, once his bottles were cold, he didn't have a rash anymore? No, it went away. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. So fascinating. Yeah. And you know, even, even I knew that this is how dense the conditioning field is and how the mind can take over everything. I knew because he was two, like he's two now. So I was deep in design when um, he was born, but breast is best, right? Um, And so what happens when when they're born? He went straight onto the the breast, fed him, and I knew intuitively everything in me knew this this baby's going to have to come off the breast. So then I started pumping and putting it in the fridge, but that was hard because I was losing supply. I've never been one that has a big supply. And so, yeah, eventually it was like we're going to have to shift him to some sort of formula we found a really gentle goat's milk one for him and just started feeding it to him cold basically yeah. <laughs> just started giving it to him cold we did try you know i did speak with a phs expert one of ra's first students actually and a mentor of mine who i've been working with for the last 12 months i i spoke to her about it and there were different things to try which completely go against everything you you know with a baby you know so we did try to keep feeding him but then feed small doses of cold water afterwards to cool mm-hmm. the digestive tract down we did try cold flannels so he could I could keep feeding him and put cold flannels um like cold face washes on him mm-hmm. but it was just you could see it was not getting better it was getting worse mm-hmm. and then he was about four months old when he weaned himself he just said no no more and it was like, right, what are we going to do for this kid? So he lived off of cold bottles and avocados. <laughs> well, I don't know how long. I don't know how long. <laughs> Isn't it fascinating? Yeah. It's so interesting. It's so fascinating that to your point of the kids coming in and they're just so pure, they just are doing it themselves. I can think back. My manifester is a um, a direct light digestion. And I can think of so many times at dinner time when he would just play with his food or, you know, like not want to eat. And we would just sit there and be like, oh, he's not eating again. Like, okay, whatever. You know, I never, my pediatrician was always like, never force your kids to eat kind of thing. So we were just like, okay, I guess he's not hungry. Like he ate all day. He was fine. So like, he must not be hungry. And now, you know, as he's a teenager and sometimes he'll be like, oh mom, my stomach hurts. 
I'm like, why don't you go lay out in the sun for 10 minutes? See how you feel. And he's like, oh, here you go again. And I'm like, just experiment. Just try it. Like, I'm not telling you to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I eat too much in the day. I'm like, close the blinds. I need to take a quick nap. <laughs> but, uh, it really is life-changing material. Like to have the awareness of human design, it really Mm-hmm. It changes everything. It can make it can make it. You know, this is one thing I do want to say to parents is like, don't make it a whole new set of rule books and stress for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a household, you know, there's really two different types of of PHS. There's it's a it's either a condition of the food or it's a condition of the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first, second, third colors are a condition of the food. Fourth, five, six colors are a condition of the environment. But if you've got a mixed household where you know, this kid's got to eat cold and that one's got to eat in the dark and this one's got to eat with high sounds and that one's got to walk around <laughs> while they're eating. You know, it can be stressful. Right. It can be really stressful. And so what I say is if you can deal with the one that's a condition of food, you know what I mean? Because that's the most selective, most picky. So, you know, in our household, that would be Jordan. That would be the cold thirst baby. His is a condition of his food. So we can all eat cold food. That doesn't that doesn't affect any of us, but it, that's really important for him. So the condition of the food is really quite selective and picky. Condition of the environment, you know, we have this household. I'm high sounds, they're low sounds. And so it's really like letting go of that homogenization of we all have to sit and eat together mm. with the same level of volume happening because that is not good for any of our digestion. You know, I need music. I need, I'm, I'm good in the restaurant, in the cafe with the noise, with the let me turn up the volume. And they're very much like no sounds, like just eat on their own. Or sometimes um, with Jed, if we're out, we'll put his noise-canceling headphones on him just to help him because he won't sit and eat either. He won't sit and eat in a restaurant or a cafe if it's too loud. He just mm. he just can't. He physically can't. Yeah, we have some friends who are low sound and they'll go out Yeah, and they'll hang, but they eat at home. They're like, they're yeah. not hungry, yeah. hungry, you know, and they never really put it together. And we're like, okay, we get it. It's kind of fun. Yeah. But it can be stressful. Like if you've got different ones in a household, it's kind of like, do what you can. I just say to parents, do what you can. Do what you can with the with the knowledge and awareness and the resources that you have. You know, there's no point guilting ourselves, making ourselves feel worse, making a whole new set of rule books to follow because that's just homogenization as well you know so it's kind of like do the best you can no no mother wants to be making four different meals at night if they've got four different children um (laughs) but it's kind of like yeah if you can if you can sort of work with the one that's got the condition of the food Mm -hmm. which would be um you know your closed or open taste kids consecutive or alternating kids hot or cold thirst kids if you can sort of work with them the rest of it sort of seems to work itself out Yeah. yeah and i would imagine as you were saying with you know, just in general, doing things that you don't want to do or not in line with your design, if you can acknowledge it, then I don't know, just makes it a little bit more acceptable. Like we have to go to a restaurant tonight. It's going to be noisy and, you know, you're not going to like it. We'll be back home tomorrow and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't go with that expectation of my children are going to sit down and do the (laughs) restaurant's coloring book and and eat. It's like, I have a full expectation that this is going to be chaos. (laughs) <laughs> um, my, my family Penta, we don't actually have any gate 15 in my Penta, which is like a group of five. Once you put them together, mm-hmm. um, we don't have any flow in our family. We don't have any glue that holds us together. So we are chaos anyway, out in public, <laughs> but yeah, it, it alleviates that pressure and that expectation of how yeah. it's going to go when you, when you sort of have this awareness. Yeah. Yeah. It's so helpful. 
like it. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming. I on. mean, that, that flew by. I feel like we just go. It did. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah, just on my website or um, just on the gram. I hang out there. <laughs> um, just Amy Ruth, HD. That's, you know, I tried doing the MG thing and hanging out here and there and everywhere, but I don't have the energy. I don't have the energy. <laughs> yeah, so I it's know. literally just Instagram. Quality problem to have, but yeah, I've only got one more sort of like slot of sessions left for the rest of the year. It's, it's interesting because um because I'm my master's in play therapy, so we incorporate play as well. And what does it look like for these different kids? You know, these kids with different play because not all kids play the same either. Um, and so the main sessions I do are play and learn sessions. Mm. Um, how do this? How's this kid going to learn? How's this kid? You know. How do they sleep? How can we best communicate to them? Just all the real practical, you know, just the things, not all the mumbo-jumbo fluffy stuff. Just how do I do daily, day, day-to-day life with this child Yeah, in honouring their uniqueness and also in honouring my uniqueness and, you know, doing this life together. So that's generally what I do. I mean, it's so fascinating. I'm like, I could sit and talk to you all day because I'm like, oh, yeah, talk. tell me about this. (laughs) Tell me about sleeping. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, the main things are meals, sleep. This is what, you know, you, you think about when you had a newborn baby, what did you worry about the most? Yeah, Feeding them and having them sleep. That was like mm-hmm. the main worry in the house. Yeah. Which is why I sort of like to shed a bit of light on that for parents, I think, because it just, this parenting journey is one of the hardest ones, you know, that we go oh, through. So far, why yeah. not make it a little bit, little bit easier for people? Yeah. yeah <laughs> one of so the hardest, one of our most important. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. love it well thank, thank you, you so guys much. i loved yes. it i'll definitely be thinking about this <laughs> it was helpful <laughs> thanks for having me have a good day thank you so much take care <laughs> bye bye if you haven't been to the dentist that can make you have acne in your cheeks i don't know but it literally runs along my mm. my gum line. Yeah, maybe. So, my last trip to the dentist was not fun. What they, happened? They shamed me for not flossing, even though ask me how many cavities I have. Zero. Zero. Wow. Yeah, you're one of the lucky ones with I... such nice teeth <gasps> that you're not taking care of your gums. That's okay. This like... is. Let me tell you the whole story. Okay, tell me okay. about it. I'm going to tell you about it. I'm pregnant with Devin and I buy some fruit snacks because I love fruit snacks. I know. And I share some with my friends that I'm working with. Tiffany was one of them. I forget who else, maybe Jonna. Everybody's eating their fruit snacks. And all of a sudden there's a very loud crunch that comes out of my mouth. And they both look at me like our fruit snacks weren't crunching. I was like, that's my fucking tooth. And I pull my crown out. So I'm like, oh, damn. Oh. So I call my dentist who happens to be my uncle and he was out of the office for a few months because he had like a medical procedure done. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. I'll be fine. I save the fucking crown. Cause I'm like, maybe you could just pop it back in. Okay. So I make an appointment for a couple months, whatever. And then I have to reschedule. Cause I had to stay late at work. Like somebody called out and I had to stay. So I'm like, okay, fine. Okay. I go to reschedule. COVID happens. Mm -hmm. Now I can't go anywhere. 
and I'm just without a tooth. Then, you know, I have a baby. Yeah. And it's been like a year at this point. So I finally go back. I'm like, you know what? I'm just due for a cleaning at this point. Like we'll figure out the crown later. Yeah. So I go for a cleaning and he's like, oh yeah, I sold my practice. Tomorrow's my last day. And I was like, fuck, what about my crown? <laughs> oh no. And he's like, yeah, I'll let you know where I land. He's like, your, your aunt's not gonna let me retire. I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, it must, I mean, you weren't in pain this whole time, right? No, I haven't been in pain, but a while ago, a few months ago, another, like something like chipped off. So now Mm. I'm noticing that food is getting trapped up in there. And I'm like, so diligent. Like I floss like a maniac. I never go to sleep without brushing. I'm like rinsing my mouth out after I Mm -hmm. eat to try and just keep it. But I have a feeling that I have a feeling that it's infected. And that would be crazy if that's leading to acne in your cheeks. I mean, it was literally the only, I had never thought of it, but when Avery said it to me and then I like, actually when I touch it, it like runs along the yeah. top of my gums. So huh. I was like, hmm. And now I'm scared to go to the dentist because I know they're going to shame me. <laughs> yeah. My nurse dentist person that cleaned my teeth last time was mean your dental hygienist yes yeah i did not like it i always felt like do you not floss because it takes too much time flossing i thought was just kind of like helmets (laughs) like it's like an overcautious racket of a recommendation (laughs) i'm like yeah 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 right (laughs) who's wearing their seatbelt? only losers you don't actually need to just sit you're not gonna go anywhere so in my old wise age i've started flossing and i'm debating if i want to go back to the same one and be like how about that yeah <laughs> or be like fuck you you're mean i'm never going giving you any more money <laughs> somebody new and nice i mean her see what i mean about shame though like it was sufficient it got you to floss but That's it doesn't true. fucking feel good well i was like you're poking my gums She's like, this is what I have to do. I'm like, no, you're supposed to clean the dirt out of them. But like, (laughs) I'm telling you, your pokey tool is going into my gums. You're missing. You're overshooting the dirt. I'm like, you're scraping me. Like, this isn't dirt you're getting. It's Um, my, it's attached to me. That's how I know. Well, you probably had buildup because you hadn't been flossing. I know, but still. Don't have to scrape me. Jeez. I know. So I have to go to the dentist. Well, I'm, I'm freaking out. Keep it's us fine. posted. I will. I'll let you know if I, I actually, in fact, have an infection. And also, <laughs> PSA, you do have to floss. Just PSA, to the world. you do have to floss. PSA, I'm like so neurotic about others and their dental hygiene because. You know, like gum infections lead straight to your heart, which I've learned after having a child with a congenital heart defect, mm. like Landon can't, we don't fuck around with our teeth because yeah. I'm like, we ain't got time scary. to have yeah. a heart infection. And now I'm like, Jesus, look at me. <laughs> yeah. What okay, the You're just letting your teeth fall out. Oh, freaking out. I'm freaking out. So I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. Hopefully in the next week or two, I'm going to make it to the dentist. Okay, great. Have fun. I hope they're nice to you. I'll bring Devin because Devin should probably go to the dentist too. She hasn't been. Mm. Um, maybe they'll shame her into brushing her teeth because what what is it? Why do people hate to brush your teeth? I like brushing my teeth. I just don't like flossing. 
Oh, I love to floss. I maybe I trained myself. But like children do not like to brush your teeth. Like, did Maggie give you a hard time when she was little? Because the boys used to. Yeah, she would just be tired and be like, uh, can I just do it tomorrow? I'm like, no, it's like a daily thing <laughs> you have to do multiple times a day. Um, uh, this ties yeah. in nicely to who we're recapping today. Yes. Because oh loved. I loved. we're talking about Amy and she was, what a delight. Like so what refreshing, such an interesting way to think about human design and how to apply it in like a super practical way yeah. and things I had never thought about. But I loved what she said about the conditioning. You know, often we yes. talk about conditioning as something we're trying to undo. But she's like, no, we're also creating training and conditioning like brushing your teeth every day like yeah. wiping your bum she said she was so cute i loved her yeah. little australian things that she was I saying know. i was like this is amazing let's talk forever like, oh nappy that's so cute <laughs> um but that was like a great perspective and i loved that her her insights about you know getting your kids to clean their room or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be is like because I think, you know, when we look at human design, it's often like, okay, but what about real life? Like that right. all sounds well and good. I'm going to follow my, what lights me up and just flow <laughs> through my day. And it's like, no, then I got to go to work because I have to make some money or like yeah. you got to clean your room because yeah. it's a mess. Right. Yeah. And that just reminds me too of like what Rachel was saying when we had Rachel on and she was like, especially with generators, like having like to your point of going to work, it's like you have to have that secure foundation yeah, before you start being able to like call in these other things or kind of getting a little more abstract with yeah. manifesting or things like that. So yeah, it's all very relative. And I do agree. Like I loved the practical, just how practical her advice was. Yeah you know right and so when it comes to brushing your teeth or fucking flossing you know <laughs> it's just creating the conditions and yeah mm. sometimes you got to be trained to do it yeah oh so, valid we're continuing the conditioning of room cleaning over here yeah how's it going i have also felt like okay maybe i can play with this a little bit because you know projectors are supposed to be more efficient yeah and maggie will often be like mom i will get it done by the end of the day like stop asking me and I'll be yeah. like, I feel like I need to keep asking because otherwise I forget about it. And if I don't remind you, you forget about it. And then we mm. end up with a mess. Mm. So I was like, if you can remember, I'm going to leave, let this go. And mm. just, I like to start the week with like freshly stocked, freshly cleaned, ready to go. She yeah. was like, okay. I'm like, clean clothes are put away. I've got a fresh load of groceries ready to go for lunches and dinners. And your room is picked up. So that when the week gets crazy, it's not like a mess all over again. Yeah. She was like, okay, I got it. And, and I feel like that's that work? been working a little bit better. That's what I used to do with the boys too. It's like, as she was talking, it made me think about it. I would give them like a deadline, be like, mm -hmm. this is what I expect. And it has to be done by this day. Like one time their bathroom, they had their own bathroom. When we lived with my mother-in-law. It had gotten so disgusting. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to think about it. I literally walked in. I was like, oh, I'll just clean this bathroom real quick. I walked in and I just fucking turned right around. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I was pissed. Yeah. And I was like, you guys have, you know, like you're here until whatever day, Sunday. And then you go back to your dad's. That bathroom better be cleaned by Sunday. If it is not clean, 
I will drive to your father's house and I will bring you back here to clean that bathroom. And I don't think you want your dad involved because I will show him pictures because they're like, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, Ma, you're going to go to dad's house. I was like, oh, I'll fucking go to dad's house. And mm-hmm. I don't think you want to be, ha- get him involved in this fight because it's not going to end well for you. And they were <laughs> like, when I really need to like get shit done, I just am like, I'll just call your dad. <laughs> yeah. My <laughs> ultimate threat is like, it seems like you have enough time to be talking to your friends on your mm-hmm. phone and watching YouTube. So if I take away that, time that you're using and take your phone mm-hmm. away i feel like that might free up some time for you to get to your bathroom yeah yeah like well i don't like what? to be mean like this like why are you forcing me to to enact these right. things that like i don't like to do that just get your shit done when i try I'm to trust explain it more like when you don't keep stuff up like when toothpaste just sits on a marble countertop like it's impossible it destroys it yeah which directly links to like my time and work energy like if we have to replace the bathroom before we sell the house that gets me further from my goal (laughs) that's a week away of my life yeah yeah keep it like and it takes you 10 seconds to wipe it up i know infuriating but and I also liked that just being like acknowledging like I know this isn't how you want to do things and this isn't your ideal situation nonetheless sorry tough luck yeah um I feel like I'm gonna try to employ that approach a little bit too I liked that a lot too because I think it was just like anytime we can acknowledge the feelings we're feeling and not totally. try and be like, oh, like gaslighting, be like, oh, you're fine. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, no, you're pissed. I get it. But it still needs to get done. Sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Me too. Life. And I'm going to go make dinner because we're all hungry. And yeah. nobody, like the chef's not coming tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I know. Okay. Follow up. Just if you were wondering, 37 degrees Celsius is 99 degrees Fahrenheit. Yes. So it is I only know that because Devin just had um, a fever and she was playing with the thermometer and she changed it to Celsius, <laughs> Celsius from Fahrenheit. And so I don't know how to change it back. So now I have to just compute it. <laughs> oh, thanks, Dev. <laughs> yeah. Super, super. Is she bad. feeling better? She's feeling a lot better. Yeah. Good. It was weird. Nobody caught it. Like she just had her thing. So who knows? Good. Okay, my next question is, when she said that her son is a manifester by the channel of transitoriness, what does Mm -hmm. that mean? Okay, so all of the channels that we have, so when two gates are connected and and it's lit up and it connects two centers, they all have names. So the name of his channel is transitoriness. Is that, what's Kyle's? I don't know. What gate does he have? Um, I got my little handy daddy book, book right here. Handy dandy. I said handy daddy. <laughs> um, let's check. Okay. Because he's the other mm. manifester that I know. He's the channel of the wavelength. Okay. What does that mean? Okay. The channel of the wavelength le- links the splenic center to the throat center through the gate of depth, which is gate 48, and the gate of skills, which is gate 16. Gate 48 is always on the lookout for vital information and gate 16 is always considering new ways to experiment and perfect its skills. When connected to the channel of judgment, which is the channel below that 5818, 
Mm -hmm. um, with its ability to challenge and name what isn't working, the design of talent can use its depth and skills to find potential solution to a problem or to encourage, correct, and refine something that needs perfecting. Hmm. So is the transitoriness, do you know, like in general what that means? Yeah, I'll read it because I I was looking it up the other day because I was curious. Okay, transitoriness. A design of a jack of all trades, quote unquote. It's a creative channel and it's a manifested channel. So each of the channels also have like different circuits and different channel types. So Hmm. like I have four channels, all of my channels are projected. So essentially how I use those energies is like as as if I was a projector using that energy. So that 58 to 18, that, that judgment one, yeah, it's like it's part of the collective circuit and it's also a projected channel. So I really only share those things if I've been invited to share those things. Otherwise, it doesn't feel good <laughs> for me or for anyone else. Okay, <laughs> back to the channel of transitoriness. Okay. Um, it links the solar plexus center to the throat center through the gate of crisis, which is uh, gate 36 and the gate of change 35. This is an emotional manifesting channel that defies logics, caution, and restrictive patterns. It will try anything and everything, whether of intrinsic value or not to get things moving in the direction of a new experience. Hmm. So actually, when I read that, I was like, that kind of makes sense of like how she was explaining his wave. It's very creative wave, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's got a, like this urge to create and also to try new things. So to be like, I don't want to live here. I want to go to school and just like kind of try it mm-hmm. out and see what works, what doesn't. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I know. Wow. I can't, I can't imagine moving because my three-year-old suggested it, but you know, but they seem pretty happy about it. So that's cool. It is cool. I just like the openness, you know? Yeah. And I think too, because I also have a manifester child, there is something to be said. Like he'll say things sometimes and I have to like slow my roll because I immediately go into response and I'm like, oh yeah, we can make this out. Like, and I just start mm-hmm. doing and I'm like, wait, 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 do I even agree with this? Like, do I even want to do this? Yeah. Like it's so involuntary sometimes. I can't even describe it. And mm-hmm. And then like we kind of had to... Landon saw that and he saw it be working for Dean. And so he would try and interact in the same way. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. this, you know, like, I'm like, maybe you should try it this way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like try getting what you want in a different way. Cause it's, it's, it's not coming off the way you think it is. Like, it's kind of interesting to explain the energetics to them in a way that was not like, you can't do that. (laughs) Right. Like (laughs) it's not going to work when you say it. Yeah, exactly. Because then he'd be frustrated. You always do what Dean says. I'm like, I know it appears that way. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's tricky to figure out how to navigate that. Mm -hmm. Does Maggie have the channel that she was saying is the butcher channel that Dean has? She hates surprises too. Oh, that was Landon that we were talking about. And that's like an emotional channel that he has. Does she hate surprises too? She hates them. Interesting. She doesn't have it? I don't think so. Well, something in there means she hates surprises because like I would come home sometimes from being away and like I would get home early enough to pick her up from preschool or something and I would go and surprise her and she would just be like, I thought it was going to be Nene. <laughs> she would be so mad. I'm like, 
oh my god i thought this was going to be like a wonderful reunion she was like what the hell like we, I, mean, I still want to see nini i tried to surprise my children with a trip to disney world yeah they threw a full meltdown <laughs> in the middle of a restaurant screaming we don't want to go to disney we don't want there i'm like i didn't know you don't like it there you've never been there no they were pissed yeah. i was like oh my god they're like you told us we were going swimming today i'm like okay my bad yeah oh, it was a disaster we those were are just fun like, learning okay, moments well. like i guess i will just let you know when i will be back next time and then yes. not deviate Change from that way. okay my next question she also mentioned the program what does that mean do you remember the context she was saying when they moved, the program was a lot of manifesting generator energy. Oh. And so it was like busy. I believe she was talking about transits. So just oh, like okay. we have transits in astrology, we'll also have transits in the human design chart. So as if like everyone was on a collective chart. Okay. So different things will be lit up. So we will experience different things just like we would in astrology. Like sometimes you'll have things lit it up where you have an emotional channel happening. So you find yourself a lot more emotional or like whatever. Um, so I assume okay. that's what she was talking about. Okay. That's kind of how John was saying. It's like your horoscope, mm -hmm. but in human design terms. Exactly. Exactly. Got it. Um, okay. She also mentioned the open G center. I was like, I have a lot of follow-up questions on this because <laughs> I need to investigate everyone's charts now and they need to sample spaces. Mm. Do you have an open G? I don't, I didn't I don't think know. so. I can never remember which one G is. It's like that one right in the center of the chart underneath the throat. Oh, above the sacral. No, mine is defined. Defined. I thought so. Yeah. And Maggie's is defined. Okay. So mm -hmm. we don't need to sample spaces. Mm -mm. And I liked when she was explaining about the two, four. Yeah. I'm like, mm, yep. That all resonated with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then the last thing that she mentioned was the digestion, mm, mm -hmm. which I would never have thought to think about that in terms of babies. Like, I feel like we always talk about oh, human really? design in terms of like how you make decisions, how you, mm, and mm -hmm. babies don't make any decisions. They're just hanging out like lumps. So yeah, well, that's, what's kind of interesting. The person who brought human design into, I don't know, the world, I guess, Ru, Ruhu, he always just stated that human design, like we're all learning human design for the children so that they can come in with the least amount of conditioning. You know, we all have to decondition because we were conditioned by people who had no idea that we were individuals, right? Yeah, no, like I can, I feel like it makes sense when I think about kids, but mm. babies in particular, I wouldn't mm. have thought about because I don't feel like they're doing much. But that yeah. was surprising to think about how they um, mm -hmm. digest or consume food yeah. and information and stuff and how that. Yeah, can... no, we were so excited because when Devin was born, like I said, we had that, those tools. So we mm -hmm. peeked at her chart. We saw that she was alternating. So we knew, um, as she started eating to just keep it very simple. Like we never, you know, I'd be like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, is she getting enough protein or like, is she this or that? Like whatever. And I would like be looking at recipes and John's like, what are you doing? She's alternating. I'm like, oh my God, I keep forgetting. Like for me, I'm mm -hmm. like, I would be so bored to eat like that, but that's just how she eats. You know, like she'll just 
eat strawberries for like four days in a row and then be like, no, I'm good with strawberries. Yeah. And then she'll want salami. And then she's like, no, I don't want any more salami. Like she just goes into these little, like they're almost like binges, but she doesn't eat anything mixed together. Very Hmm. rarely will she eat like a soup. And so then some of the digestions are food related and some are environment related. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Because then ours ours is indirect. Environment related, right? What does that mean? It essentially means that we're supposed to eat in the dark. As I've been experimenting with it, because I did try for a bit to not eat as much during the day and try and focus my meals at night. Honestly, I didn't feel that much of a difference like in my body per se. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I've never been one to like stay up late. Like I definitely prefer to be up early in the morning before anyone's awake. Me too. And I just now kind of wait till I get hungry but meal planning has helped for me a lot because what I was, if I don't have like a, my next meal prepared, I will wait too long. And then I'm like, oh my God, I need to eat something. And it's just like sugar, you know, cause mm-hmm. my blood sugar has dropped too much. So if I know I'm like, okay, my first meal is this, my second meal is a protein bar then I'm going to have this for lunch. As I get hungry, I could just be like, oh yeah, I already have what I'm planning to eat. And it's like mm-hmm. ready to go. And typically like I don't get hungry right away when I wake up. It takes me a while. And then like the only meal I actually ever care about is dinner. Yeah. If that makes sense. I'm always like, okay, what are we going to eat for dinner? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. I tend to make dinner like the bigger meal. And Adam, I think, doesn't really care as much. Mm -hmm. He's like, I always try to eat my bigger meal at lunch. Mm. Like, so we, I've let some of that go of like trying to make us all have a nice yeah sit down dinner together I'm like yeah okay whatever but he yeah. and maggie are both high sound mm. so John's high sound too okay a couple other things i've noticed about indirect mm. if i eat a very large meal during the day and i'm just sitting in the sun i will get like ill mm. like okay I had to call out of work because I was so sick, so nauseous because I just ate too much a day before and I couldn't, like every time I stood up, it felt like I was going to throw up. Wow. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Typically, if I eat too much during the day, like if I'm at a party and I'm just like snacking a lot, do you find yourself like, are you hungry throughout the day? Yeah. I like to eat breakfast like shortly after waking up. Yeah. And I'm hungry throughout the day. Yeah. But you're not eating like huge meals, I imagine. Mm, I could, but I'm trying not to. Yeah. I just would get very sick. I would feel tired if I ate a big meal during the day. Yes. You get really tired. Because essentially how an indirect light person digests is like they are meant to eat at night and then sleep during the day. So they're taking in all these calories and then they're meant to digest it Mm. during the daytime if that makes sense. But I've also noticed that it's even like when I eat my food, you know, that there was all this like, oh, you should be focused on your food and this and that. Like I've always felt like I needed to be a little distracted when I eat. So like I like Mm. to read or I like to take my food in indirectly in that way of like, I'll be standing up and doing something else and like snacking while I, while I'm like doing something else. It's almost like happening in the background. I do like to do that too. You know, like mm-hmm. to watch a show while I eat lunch or read something, mm-hmm. check. Yeah. And I've noticed like if I 
I like going to restaurants and stuff or being at parties, but I feel like if it's very chaotic around me, I will eat really fast mm-hmm. and like almost feel like a little anxiety. Yeah. Like, oh, I better eat quick yeah. or something. Like there's yeah. too much happening around. Yeah. Um, they also say that indirect light, like our digestion is also kind of anything you're taking in, you know, the yeah. foods or the shows you're watching, like all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of been said that indirect light tends to be a little more on the taboo side, mm. which kind of makes sure makes rings true for me. I definitely like things that are a little more mysterious or dark in nature. Huh? Well, I think about like my mom always has a project that she's doing while she's watching TV. Like she'll be mm-hmm. knitting something or sewing something. She mm-hmm. rarely will only do one activity. Mm. I wonder if she's indirect light. I have to look her up. But yeah, I like that too. And I think when I think about in terms of like studying or trying to digest information, Mm -hmm. like I could have some peaceful classical music on. But when people say like they're going to a coffee shop to go do work, I'm like, how are you going to do work there? That feels like there's so much distracting there. That may be more your environment. Because you're a guy's environment. I'm a kitchen's environment. I get so much work done in a coffee shop. It's unreal. Mm, Like if I'm there for an hour, I just bang out all this work. I'm like, I would have never finished this if I were home. Oh, no. I could like tell you what five tables down are talking about and what the lady (laughs) just ordered and who's coming out of the bathroom. And I have no idea what I just read. It's like way too much going on. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Because you're a valley's environment. So yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, no, I do. I do very well in a kitchen, in a, in a literal kitchen. <laughs> what does calm touch mean? Split. Calm touch is um, like she was saying nervous touch is like, you know, they're kind of fidgety and like moving and da, 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 da. Mm. calm touch is going to be the opposite of that. So they need a more like calm environment. Okay. But it doesn't matter what the light is. The light is the six, the six color. So it's, It'll be indirect or direct, depending on which way your arrow faces. So for indirect, we have a right-facing variable on that. Hmm. Okay. Dean, my son Dean is direct, so he is uh, he's more focused. This is also a very deep part of human design. Yeah, and like it's interesting though. It's so interesting. I love it for the babies. Like I was saying, for Devin and Anastasia, it was so helpful to just know that you know, like sometimes Devin will go to my mom's house. And my mom like feeds her whatever, you know, she made like burek or something like that. And the, her belly, she would get so mm-hmm. bloated and like bathroom issues and like whatever. But, you know, it's fine. It's just like you kind of know we're like, you know, mom, just if she doesn't want to eat. Like you're good. Yeah. She's like, I know, but she's not getting protein. I'm like, she knows what she's getting. She's fine. Right. You know, like she will, this child will not eat chicken. Mm. Hates fine. chicken. Yeah. I don't love it. <laughs> Okay, I need to make a correction from our last recap. Oh, okay. I looked it up. Okay. Maleficent is a word. It's oh. not just a character. <laughs> so I apologize that I laughed when you said that. And it looks like it is a real word. Oh, good. <laughs> I was losing sleep over that. <laughs> I know you didn't even I'm remember. I'm definitely prone to like using incorrect words. So that's why I didn't even question. I was like, oh, maybe I am using it incorrectly. I could have sworn that's what John said, but who knows? Well, you and John, I think we're saying a real word. So I apologize. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Back to John. 
Yeah. He listened to his episode. Yeah. Did he tell you this? Probably. I don't I remember. I think you told me him. that he wanted us to talk about him more. <laughs> he was really upset. And we had friends over and one of our friends like listens to the episode. Can you hear Devin crying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me get her. Hang on. She's crying because okay. she wants mom. All right. What's wrong? We're back. Mommy wants me. She had a yeah. sleepover this weekend. So we're going to be inseparable for the next however long. Okay, great. But anyways, John was so distraught over the fact that we only said one follow-up about him. Oh. And then we talked about other things. So our friend was like, no, you don't understand because you don't listen to the show. Yeah. We've also mentioned him now in like five other follow-ups. So Well, he doesn't need to know that. It's fine. No, I mean, think. <laughs> that would be comforting maybe for him to know that we'll continue to refer back to old episodes like long That's after true. the fact. That's true. But maybe he should just listen and then he would know. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Devin. Do you want yes, Maggie to come over coming. and see you tomorrow? <gasps> should Maggie come over tomorrow? Yeah. You think that would be fun? Oh, good. All right. I'll bring her over. <gasps> Thank you. Yes, I'll be the person who brings fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just love seeing projectors interact, right? Like, yeah. do you see Maggie and Carrie? I know. Oh, they in. both told me like sidebar. We love them. She was like, yes. I love Carrie so much. I'm glad I came. And Carrie's like, I love Maggie. Like, yeah, I know. No, I just saw Carrie yesterday. We went over for Carrie's birthday. Um, Happy birthday, Carrie. Happy birthday, Carrie. Yeah, we had a pool party, which is amazing. She has a swim spa. Do you know what a swim spa is? No. Okay, it's like a hot tub, but bigger. Like you can swim laps in it. You know, it has like the current thing that you can swim against. And it's Um, warm? It is warm. It was 100 degrees in that thing. It's outside? It's outside. Oh, that's like 37 degrees Celsius. That's correct. (laughs) It was very, very warm in there. It was cold outside because we didn't go in until like 6 um, Devin's an amazing swimmer. She's she was throwing things and catching them at the bottom and swimming back up with no cool. swimmers on. Nice she work. was doing her back float yesterday, like she was killing it. But yeah, we had a pool party. It was very fun. Awesome. And somebody, what her her brother in law and sister in law got her a towel warmer. So that was a lovely surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come out of that cold water with a little heated towel. Sweet. Can't go wrong. Yeah, I like that. Great. <laughs> oh yeah, I had one other question about Amy's thing. She mentioned okay. in their penta they don't have a mm, fifteen. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a penta is what happens when like a group of people get together. Okay. Essentially, what happens is like your individual design kind of takes a back seat to this whole new entity that's created. Like the mm. the penta kind of carries its own energy. So when a group of five people come together, it creates this penta and there's certain energies, like the certain gates represent like different things in the penta. So the 15 kind of acts like the glue. It keeps the penta together without a 15. It kind of just like everybody's all over the place. So that's what she was referring to. She doesn't, they don't have a 15. So it's hard to kind of keep them all kind of grounded and stuck. How do you figure out what your penta is? It's literally just in your gates. So it's, I forget exactly the 
is something John is really good at. He loves All right, Penta we'll stuff. Ask him. Maybe he'll still answer our questions, even though we didn't talk to him enough. Oh, I have one. Yeah. So oh. it's like the top of the sacral, 5, 14, 29. And then if you go up between um, 15, 2, 46, and then it kind of goes straight up. So from the bottom of the throat, that 31, 8, 33, down to the top of the sacral, those are all penta energies. So okay. if you have gates within there, those are how those gates will show up. Like I have gate 46. It tends to allow people to to be very, they kind of behave when I when I step into the penta. Okay, cool. So we've got some. Yeah. Some yeah. So it's interesting. Can, yep. So you tend to be the glue. You also have 31, which is influential. So you'll kind of influence the group. And it's mm. also kind of like a leadership vibe. So people will kind of look to you to come up with the answer. So I have the 31. I'm the only one in like my family from like my parents and my siblings. My brother Roy has it. Uh. So they'll be like, what are we doing now? You know, like they kind of yeah. look to you and be like, okay, what's next? And you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, well, I would definitely, I think it's such a cool tool and I love how she uses it and applies yeah. it. So yeah, she was awesome. so interesting. Absolutely follow her on Instagram if you have kids or even just like have other people in your life that have these different energies because she shares such a unique yeah. approach. I love her Instagram. I know. Totally. Yeah, it's so, it's so informative. Yeah. Uh, all right. Good luck with your dentist appointment this week. Oh, thanks. Okay. I'll keep you posted. Hopefully Devin my awake. Give us a sign off. Devin, you want to say bye, everyone? Say bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot to tell people to follow us and all that. Oh, Devin, can you tell people to follow us? Say, can you follow? Can you follow? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Yes, and it's not too late. If you are still interested in joining book club, we just announced our book um, that we're going to be reading this month, which is super exciting. Um, But we can still add more people in if you decide that you want to join. Totally. All right. Let you girls go do your thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>